Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, and welcome to the Dynamic Duel podcast, where we review superhero films and debate the superiority between Marvel and DC by comparing their characters in stat-based battle simulations. I'm Marvelous Joe. And I'm his twin brother, Johnny DC. And in this episode, we are going to find out who would win in a fight between Thunder and Luke Cage. And if you've never heard of Thunder before, you probably don't watch the CW. Right, because Thunder is the daughter of Black Lightning. Right, right. Uh, we've had a, another, a previous duel episode where Black Lightning went up against Storm. Uh-huh. And uh, we thought Black Lightning would actually be a pretty good match for Luke Cage, but since we've already used him against Storm, that was actually a better fight anyway. Uh, we thought this would be, you know, a good alternative. Yeah, they're pretty comparable, as most of our duels are. But, uh, of course, we're going with Luke Cage in this episode as well, because our next episode... We will be reviewing the Luke Cage season two series on Netflix. Right. So this is kind of a warm up for that. Right. The reason that I really wanted to go with Thunder is because I just remember the panel from your Outsiders number one comic where she's standing there talking to like a bad guy and he goes up to punch her in the face and she just stands there and he punches her in the and face. He breaks his hand. And breaks his hand. And I was like, that is, that reminds me so much of Luke Cage. They're very comparable characters. It's essentially... High density versus impenetrable skin. Right. So it's going to be a good match. Look forward to that later on this episode. Uh, before we get into the, the main event, though, we'll be going over the news breakdown over the last week uh, in the not world of news. comic book movie news. Yeah, not much news. Just a couple like minor news items regarding the new Spider-Man Homecoming sequel title that was just revealed. Yeah. And we'll talk about uh, some casting rumor news regarding the Doom Patrol television series that's being developed for the DC Universe streaming app. So not much news, but uh, enough to get us by. And uh, we just want to give you a heads up that this Thursday, as we do every Thursday, we will be releasing bonus content on uh, Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash dynamic duel, this Thursday, you'll be able to check out our Alien vs. Predator quick draw video where we reveal, yeah. uh, according to our Monte Carlo system, right. who would win in a fight between the alien from the alien movies and predator from the predator movies. Yeah, it's the same simulation model that we run for the dual episodes. We just don't talk about it. It's just like a 30 second animatic uh, that reveals the winner. 
Yeah. So yeah, look forward to that. Yeah, this Thursday we will be archiving the Laura Croft versus Indiana Jones quick draw and also the Samus versus Master Chief. So if you want to check those out, go ahead and make sure that you join Patreon before June 28th to check those out. That way you could join at just the $2 a month tier. If you want access to our back archive, uh, we do offer that to uh, patrons who are at the $5 a month tier level. So go ahead and check that out. Just a quick reminder that if you go check out patreon.com slash dynamic duel, you'll see that we currently have a goal. We have several goals, but the one we're currently working on is to get at least 25 patrons, at which point we will start mailing out our no prize illustrations awards Uh that we give out each week. We'll be printing those and mailing them out. That'll be super exciting. I can't wait to have actual like physical copies in my hand to like send out to people. Yeah. If you've ever won a no prize, if you ever want a physical copy of that, you know, help us get to this, this 25 member goal. Yeah, that'd be great. And, and speaking of no prizes, it's no prize time. So as many of you probably know by now, a no prize is an award that Marvel used to give out up until the 90s to fans. Our version, the Dynamic Duel No Prize, is a digital award that we post on social media that we personally, or I personally, draw for those who we feel gave the best answer to our question of the week. Last week's question was, pitch us what you think would be the perfect Marvel and DC video game. What gaming genre would it be? What would the gameplay be like? Yeah, we wanted you to go into detail um, as much as you as you could, really. And the winner of this week's no prize went into massive detail. It was just yeah. it was fantastic how much detail Mr. George Kronitis went into this pitch of this Marvel and DC video game. And I'll go ahead and read the synopsis that he wrote. So in his Deadpool invades the DC universe. I would rather have been called Deadpool kills the DC universe, but. Whatever. Never happened. (laughs) Deadpool Invades the DC Universe is a third-person action-slash-adventure-slash-romance game (laughs) that sees the merc with a mouth take on your favorite DC heroes and villains. After getting bullied by a bunch of 10-year-olds about how much cooler Batman and the rest of the Justice League are than him, Deadpool sulks off to indulge in his favorite comfort food, chimichangas. But one of those 40 chimichangas must have had some off-meat, because when Deadpool wakes from his food coma, he finds himself in Gotham City. Always an opportunist, Deadpool sees this as a chance to square off against Batman and the rest of those DC chumps and teach them a lesson about what it takes to be a true box office champion. But little does Deadpool Mm. realize that, just like that nasty chimichanga and Jared Leto's Joker, he might be biting off a little more than he can chew. The gameplay would be similar to Arkham Knight and Hungry Hungry Hippos. It's just fantastic. I want to play this game now. That's the best answer. I don't know if I want to play that game. I don't know (laughs) if it's the best game out of of all of the options we have, but it was definitely the best answer. Maybe there's like an alternate DC version where it's like Lobo against all of the Marvel heroes or something like that. Yeah, we we actually did get a Lobo answer, which I thought was pretty cool. Joel Seagrave uh, said he wanted to see a hack and slash Lobo game similar to God of War with Earthworm Jim style bike races, which would be fantastic. It's not exactly Marvel and DC. It's pretty much only DC. But yeah, if you play him in the Marvel Universe, just taking people out. Yeah. So honorable mention to Joel Seagrave. Also honorable mention to Dan Baker, who wanted a Rampage style game where Marvel and DC villains destroy cities and planets. That sounds amazing. They have to be giant, giant villains. (laughs) Jace Crump answered, uh, he wants a Justice League versus Avengers action RPG, just like X-Men Legends, which was a game that I freaking loved. No, I mean, they have a Marvel RPG in uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Right. And also with Justice League Heroes. That was very similar to Marvel Ultimate Alliance and X-Men Legends. I remember playing X-Men Legends, and that was so fun. 
It was. This, this is probably my favorite answer. Game. Like, if if there was a real game that I really wanted, it would be <laughs> this one, not the Deadpool one, because I want the Deadpool one. <laughs> I would just kill DC guys all day. No, I'd go for this one. Uh, another uh, honorable mention to John Spees, who wanted a strategy game like Age of Empires, but using villains, uh, where you know you take over the world. Yeah, he also gave an answer of a MOBA-like game with Marvel and DC characters, kind of like League of Legends. What's MOBA stand for? Uh, massive Online Battle Arena. I yeah, believe. that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, both Rick Story and Harrison Fox get honorable mention for, uh, they both wanted a Marvel and DC open world RPG similar to, you know, Grand Theft Auto V or Skyrim, something like that. Lockin gets an honorable mention for his mention of a Marvel and DC massive multiplayer online role-playing game. And I think the DC one is actually still up and running. Is it? I think it's called DC Universe. DC Universe Online. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. And the last honorable mention goes to Ken Johnson, who said a strategy type game, which is that like really sure what that means. Is that like chess? <laughs> like chess? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not it sounds amazing, though. Either way, the Marvel well, versus We actually made a, a Marvel and DC chess set using Clicks figures that we collected. Yeah, well, they make actual Marvel and DC chess figures. But we're too cheap. They're expensive as hell, so we just made our own out of Clicks. I highly recommend that. If you like chess yeah, and if you like Marvel and we'll DC. We'll have to post a photo to our social media accounts one day. Yeah. All right, uh, that does it for the no prize time. Stay tuned, and later on in this episode, we'll give another question of the week. Let's get on to the news. Okay, so breaking news out of the Ace Comic Con, which I believe is in Seattle, that uh, Tom Holland attended. He posted a Instagram video showing the title of the new Spider-Man movie that's supposed to come out next summer. Yeah. Uh, it's the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming, and it is titled Spider-Man Far From Home. Right. Now, at first, I thought this was just, you know, like a temporary title, like a shooting title. No. But it's been confirmed by Kevin Feige that this is indeed the title. They like it because he says, like Homecoming, it has multiple meanings behind it. Right. Homecoming, I guess, it meant the dance, Homecoming, and the fact that Spider-Man was kind of returning home by joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So does this mean that this is Spider-Man's exit from the Marvel Cinematic Universe? No, I don't think so. I, well, so the story is we have heard reports that in this sequel, in the movie that's coming out next year, Spider-Man's going to be on a European vacation, basically, with his friends, like a summer, summer trip. Oh, I thought thing. it was like a school trip. Uh, like how that's not clear yet. We don't know if it's through his school or if it's during the summer with his friends. Okay. I think Ken Feige implied the latter. Okay. So he's going to Europe. He's going to be visiting London and Paris and and getting into wacky hijinks, I guess. It's going to be like Euro trip. I hope (laughs) that was a good movie. (laughs) No, no, but he's going to, he he will be fighting Mysterio and that's pretty much all we know so far, but let's talk about this title far from home. I honestly really do not like it. Well, you didn't like homecoming either. And I didn't either. No, that's true. But I like this one even less. It's so obvious that they wanted to stick with the word home to kind of connect it to the previous movie, which, you know, did really well financially. Right. So they're trying to play up this marketing, and I'm just not feeling it. I I think it's not a compelling title, basically. Well, neither was Homecoming to me, honestly. I dislike this as much as I disliked Homecoming. Yeah. You know, it's just, it doesn't Probably. Because that didn't sell me either in any way. The film was good. It doesn't change the fact that the title was blah. Yeah. I think my perception of the Spider-Man Homecoming title was changed after I saw the film just because I enjoyed it so much, so I didn't care about the title. And maybe that'll be the case with this one, but what are they going to name the sequel to this one? You know, the, the third Spider-Man Tom Holland movie. Are they going to call it Spider-Man There's No Place Like Home or something Spider-Man like that? Spider-Man Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Why do they keep tying in the word home with Spider-Man? 
Yeah. It's, it's not a great marketing hook. At least I wouldn't think it would be. You know, I, I understand that they have like reasons for choosing these subtitles, but you know, after this and Wonder Woman 1984, I kind of just missed when they just attached a number to the to the movie title. You know, Wonder Woman 2, Spider-Man 7. I don't yeah, know. I have to say, I dislike this more than Wonder Woman 1984. At least Wonder Woman 1984 has certain, like, you know, connotations. It implies a specific setting and things like that. You know, yeah. this is just well, kind this of does vague. The same thing. It's ambiguous a little bit. It implies I would have preferred, setting. like, just Mysterio, Spider-Man Mysterio. I think that would have been a lot more interesting and enticing. And Wouldn't they have set a bad precedence, though? What was the next one going to be? Spider-Man, Dr. Well, Octopus. Well, what kind of precedent have Sandman. These, what kind of precedent have these last two films set? Home. Exactly. <laughs> it's less interesting to me. So, I don't know. Titles are hard. Titles are hard. They are. I mean, I understand that, that it's difficult to come up with names for your sequels, but I just want them to do a better job. They should be able to come up with something better than what I would come up with, and I could come up with something better than what this shit is. And that brings us to our question of the week. So, this will be difficult, but... We want you guys to give us a worse name for the Spider-Man Homecoming sequel. Put a lot of thought into this one. Yeah, we yeah. want it to be kind of like Cards Against Humanity style. Just like the worst name for a Spider-Man sequel that you could think of. Yes. So, yeah, go ahead and post your answer to our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or email us at dynamicdualpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll pick our favorite answer, which will be the funniest answer. And uh, we will draw that person a dynamic dual no prize that we will post to social media. And uh, yeah, that does it for that. Let's move on to the next news item. So Kelsey Grammer is apparently being eyed, according to the hashtag show, for the Doom Patrol's Niles Calder, also known as the Chief. It's going to be a leading role on that show for the DC Universe streaming so app. Niles Calder is the leader of the Doom Patrol DC right. superhero team. He, he's, he's the guy who Professor X was based off of. He's uh, in a wheelchair. He leads the, the team of outcasts. Uh-huh. So what does he do? He's a genius. He's just really smart. He's the one who helped each member of... Because each member of Doom Patrol suffered some kind of catastrophic event physically. Uh-huh. And he helped them recover, whether it was by building, you know, a robotic body for Clifford Steele, Robot Man, to house his brain and his organs. Yeah. Or, like, medicated bandages for Negative Man. So um, he's like a doctor. Well, yeah, he's a doctor, he's he's a scientist, he's an inventor, he's a philanthropist. I think this is perfect casting. If they can get Kelsey Grammer for this role, they have a great head start on the show. Yeah. I think. Yeah, not only is he, you know, just a commanding actor, but later on in the comics, there was a huge, major twist with the chief character. I don't know if I want to spoil. I don't want to know. I don't know. You don't want to know it? No. Are you ever going to watch the show? Yeah. Well, if we have to review it, I'll watch it. If we're not going to review it... If it all doesn't come out at once, then yeah, I'll just let you tell me. Okay. Well, I won't tell you now. Maybe later. But there is a huge twist with the character, and I think he can totally play that twist. Uh-huh. Um, wow, well, that's now. super vague. <laughs> Everybody's going to go Wikipedia I know. now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you don't want to spoil it yourself, definitely, definitely save it because it is fascinating and it's heartbreaking. And you just watch the show. When the show comes out... Whether it's with Kelsey Grammer or not, even though he would be perfect, just definitely watch this show. It's likely that the show won't be launching with the streaming service, nope, but no the, the Doom Patrol, they will be doing a guest spot on the Titan show. Right. Yes? And will it be the same cast? I imagine so. I think they've already cast the members of the Doom Patrol. They just haven't cast the chief. 
Uh, so he won't be showing up on that show. Okay. But the other members of the team will be. Okay. Okay. So definitely looking forward to yep. that. He made a great beast. Yeah. I thought in X-Men 3. It'll be uh, funny because he'll be both, you know, a member of the X-Men <laughs> and, you know, the team that inspired the X-Men. Yeah. I like Kelsey Grammer's beast more than I like Nicholas Holt. Like Nicholas oh, absolutely. Holt, like he's too much like the Hulk to me, basically, where he can turn into Hank McCoy and back, you know? Yeah. And, you know, one of the defining traits of Beast was that despite all of his genius, he was unable to cure himself of his uh, beastly transformation right. that he himself caused. So those X-Men cast members are such snowflakes. They are. It's like Jennifer Lawrence doesn't want to be in the blue makeup all the time. Nicholas Holt doesn't want to be in his blue furry outfit all the time. And James, James McAvoy Ma- doesn't want to be in a wheelchair all the time. It's just, yeah. come on. Yeah. Those are the characters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that does it for the news then. Yeah, there's not too much to talk about if I'm not going to talk about that spoiler. Yeah, that's, not. that's pretty much it. <laughs> all right. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, then let's go ahead and find out who would win in a fight between Thunder and Luke Cage. All right, if you've never listened to any of our dual episodes before, the way we like to determine the winner between the two characters is through statistics. We basically take each character's statistics and run them through a probabilistic model known as the Monte Carlo method, which randomizes their stats along a bell curve. We compare those numbers a thousand times and come up with a percentage of wins that each character would have against each other. Right, the Monte Carlo method is used from everything from video game AI to risk management and business. It's, it's pretty diverse and it's known for its accuracy. Yeah, and it was also used for the Deadliest Warrior TV show that they used to have on Spike TV, where they would pit, like, ancient warrior classes against another. Right, and that was our inspiration for the way we do our dual episodes. And Thunder vs. Luke Cage, we think, is going to be a a pretty fun match. Like I said, it's density versus impenetrable skin. I think it's going to be a close match, for sure. It's going to be, like, one immovable object against another immovable object, essentially. Yeah, but before we run the simulations, we like to go over each character's profile and history and, and describe their powers and abilities. Mm-hmm. Then we like to speculate in a little back and forth as to how one of these battles would go. Yeah, in a sort of uh, spirited discussion, as it were. And then we actually run the stats and give you guys the proper answer. So let's go ahead and get started with Thunder. Uh, I don't know much yep. about her, so I'm interested in hearing about her. Uh, so go ahead and let us know. So Thunder, real name Anissa Pierce, is a second generation superhero who's a relatively new character in the comics having made her first appearance in 2003. She's the daughter of Black Lightning, who you can learn more about in our dual episode where we pit him against the X-Men character Storm. 
Anissa was born a metahuman thanks to her father, though it wasn't until about fifth grade that her powers began to manifest. While in her classroom one day, she felt a strong force pulling her down to the floor, and when she tried to fight it and pull herself up, the stronger the force became. She crashed through the floor and landed in the school basement, it was a 25 foot drop, and she walked away without a scratch. Her father, Jefferson Pierce aka Black Lightning, took her to Star Labs where she was confirmed to be a metahuman capable of increasing her own density. And metahumans are basically ripoffs of mutants from the Marvel Universe, yes? Uh, I guess technically mutants were around before metahumans with Namor. So no, I'm not going to say it's a ripoff, but the metahuman is DC's mutant. Okay. Um, from that point forward, she was intent on growing up to become a superhero just like her father. But her father, Jefferson, didn't want her to have any part of the superhero lifestyle and the dangers that came with it. To him, Anissa's powers were just one more strain on his life and his relationship with his wife, one of many that eventually led to their divorce. Despite her family's problems, Anissa stayed vigilant, but she ultimately made a promise to her dad that she wouldn't use her powers or consider fighting crime until she graduated from college. True to her word, Anissa graduated magna cum laude, earning a pre-med degree from Tulane University. The very night that she graduated, she put on a blonde wig and a pink outfit she fashioned herself and went out to fight crime, <laughs> adopting the codename Thunder, both to honor her father and because of the shockwaves that she produced as a result of her powers. She wasn't fighting crime solo for very long when she was approached to join a new outsiders team led by Nightwing who you can learn more about in our Nightwing vs. Daredevil episode. The original Outsiders team was led by Batman, and its roster included her father Black Lightning, so Thunder jumped at the chance to join the team, figuring that she could learn more from experienced superheroes, as well as earn the respect and approval of her parents. When Black Lightning did catch wind of Thunder's Outsiders membership, he demanded that she resign from the team. She refused, and later on, when Black Lightning joined the team on a mission to defeat the demonic villain Sabak, the two fought side by side for the first time, impressing each other. Thunder earned her father's blessing to stay on the team and fight crime. Although she was a team player, she often came into conflict early on with fellow teammate Grace Choi, a super strong and durable Amazonian descendant. They worked well together, however, thanks in part to their comparable abilities. They were the muscles of the team, essentially and they grew a begrudging respect for one another. During the one year later event, the Outsiders faked their deaths in order to take down criminal organizations and corrupt governments while undercover. Thunder had a critical role in their mission to take down a regime in the African country of Mali, acting as the dictator's lover, when in actuality her fellow teammate Metamorpho was only gassing the dictator with hallucinogens to make him believe that they were in a relationship. Thunder almost compromised their mission when she was forced to take down an entire army who was about to slaughter a village. By this time, Thunder had in fact developed a romantic relationship with Grace Choi, and she ditched the blonde wig and pink outfit for a suit that more resembled her father's. Yeah, I never liked the, the blonde wig pink yeah, outfit. Yeah, no, it was, it was too hooker-ish. <laughs> There's no nicer way to say that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I like her new costume much better. Yeah, yeah. So. Batman took over the team soon after, and he sent her on a mission with the Martian Manhunter. Unhappy with Thunder's performance, Batman formally removed her from the Outsiders and officially replaced her with Martian Manhunter. 
Which is understandable, because yeah, if you had a choice between Thunder and Martian Manhunter on the team. Yeah. Grace often defied Batman's orders, however, and invited Thunder to secretly go on team missions. During a mission in China, the rest of the team was captured, and Batman drafted Thunder to help rescue them. Later, when Batman had seemingly died, Thunder rejoined the team, but was knocked into a coma when one of her teammates, the cybernetic Remac drone, was infected with a self-destruct code and blew up. When Thunder came to, the Outsiders had been branded criminals, and Anissa was forced to fight her younger sister Jennifer, now the electricity-powered superhero known as Lightning. So her sister was a mid-human as well. Yes, yeah. Sibling rivalry flared between the two, and Anissa confessed that she always felt as though Jennifer was their parents' favorite. Thunder retired soon after a final mission with the Outsiders, where they went to the country of Markovia. Last we saw her, she was living happily ever after with Grace. I couldn't find any trace of her in the New 52 and Rebirth era, most likely because of her father's reboot as a younger superhero. So, power-wise, as mentioned earlier, Thunder can increase her density, making her extremely heavy and durable, to the point of being immovable and invulnerable. So she's like the blob. Yeah, exactly. Her increased density also grants her super strength and the ability to cause concussive shockwaves either by stomping the ground or clapping her hands. She does generate electricity when she uses her powers, but I couldn't find a single instance of this being used offensively, so I think it's just an artistic depiction of her powering up. because Becoming not, more dense? Yeah, I'm not sure how else she, you would show that. Alright, yeah, that's pretty interesting. So she hasn't been around for years then? No, in not the comics. No, no. Black Lightning is younger at this point. She's not even a little girl in the comics? No, no, no I don't think Black Lightning is married in the comics right now. Yeah, I mean, she first appeared in 2003, and then... She's been gone for the past, what, 10 years since the New 52? Uh-huh. So she's, she doesn't have a long career. But she is in the Black Lightning television show. Right. So it's likely they'll bring her back considering the popularity of that show, yeah? Well, possibly. Black Lightning doesn't have a comic currently. Oh, okay. But they may change. Okay, cool. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into Luke Cage then. I really like Luke Cage as a character. He has one of the coolest, most straightforward attitudes, but he also has this like heart of gold that makes him a good moral anchor on most of the teams that he's been on. But he didn't start out so moral. Carl Lucas is uh, the name that he was born as. He was born and raised in Harlem. His parents were Esther and James Lucas, who was a retired NYPD detective. Uh, despite his well-meaning parents, Carl would often cause trouble with his friends Shades, Comanche, and Willis Stryker, who was called Diamondback, mm. due to his speed and skill in using knives. They formed a gang called the Rivals that would commit petty crimes. Though Carl dreamed of one day becoming a major racketeer in New York's underworld, he eventually matured and saw how his actions and stints in juvenile homes were affecting his family. He quit the Rivals gang, got an honest job, and got engaged to his longtime sweetheart, Reva Connors whom Diamondback was also attracted to. As Carl got his life straight, Diamondback rose in prominence as a career criminal. Jealous over Reva's affections for Carl, he planted stolen heroin in Carl's apartment and alerted the police. Framed for drug possession, Carl was arrested and sentenced to Seagate Prison. Luke contacted the local mobsters called the Magia regarding Diamondback's stolen drugs, and they went after him, but Reva was accidentally killed in the crossfire. Distraught over his friend's betrayal and his fiancée's death, Luke made several unsuccessful escape attempts from Seagate. He became the target of a racist and ruthless prison guard named Albert Rackham, who would often beat him. 
Carl learned of secret experiments being conducted on Seagate prisoners headed by a scientist named Dr. Noah Burstein and volunteered for them as a way to shorten his sentence or even just end his life. The experiments were developments of Burstein's alternate super soldier process that created Captain America in World War II, where instead oh, cool. of injecting a serum and dousing the subject with Vita rays like Cap, he immersed Carl in an electrical field conducted by a variant on the serum. As Burstein prepared the procedure, the guard Rackham tampered with the controls in an attempt to kill Carl, but the sabotage accelerated the process far past its original intent of cell regeneration. It granted Carl powers of enhanced strength and impenetrable skin. He used these new powers to break out of Seagate prison with his bare hands, becoming a fugitive and changing his name to Luke Cage. When he got back to Harlem, Luke thwarted a bodega robbery, and the shopkeeper thanked him with a cash reward, inspiring him to use his new abilities for profit as a hero for hire. One of his earliest clients was Dr. Burstein, who relocated to New York City and was working with Dr. Claire Temple. They paid him to protect them from the Magia, whom Diamondback was working for at the time. Luke saw this as an opportunity to get Diamondback to clear his name as a fugitive from Seagate. The two ended up fighting atop a Harlem rooftop, but Diamondback fell through a skylight and died before Luke could exonerate himself. Another early job was to investigate a local crime lord, Mariah Dillard, aka Black Mariah, who was using fake ambulances to rob dead and dying people. He also put an end to the heroin trafficking by a drug lord named Cottonmouth after initially thinking that his drug records could be used to clear his name. Luke finally got a chance to prove his innocence when a villain named Bushmaster obtained evidence of Luke's setup and kidnapped Dr. Burstein and Claire Temple. Bushmaster used these to blackmail Luke into kidnapping Detective Misty Knight, who was at the time dating Iron Fist. The three teamed up to take on Bushmaster together, who now had strength and impenetrable skin as well after using the kidnapped Dr. Burstein to recreate the experiment that gave Luke his powers. And Bushmaster is the villain of season two, right? Yes. Uh-huh. The three heroes together defeated Bushmaster, they saved Burstein and Claire, and Luke was finally able to clear his name of the drug charges that sent him to Seagate. He and Iron Fist became best friends and formed a team called the Heroes for Hire, often teaming up with Misty Knight and Colleen Wing's detective agency to take down crime together. Uh, you can listen more about Iron Fist in our Bane vs. Iron Fist episode. Together, they became an internationally renowned team and enjoyed tremendous success for many years, taking down criminal syndicates such as The Corporation, run by Dr. Carl Mollis. After a period of reflection, however, Luke realized that he was neglecting the neighborhood he grew up in and decided to return to his roots and leave the world saving to other heroes. He opened a bar in Harlem that was often visited by private eye Jessica Jones, whom he had met before in previous superhero adventures as Jewel. And you can listen to more about Jessica Jones in our Huntress vs. Jessica Jones episode. They began seeing each other and both took an assignment as Matt Murdock's bodyguards when his identity as Daredevil was ousted to the public. Jessica became pregnant and moved in with Cage in Harlem, switching careers from a PI to an investigative journalist with Ben Urich for a publication called The Pulse. While she was working on a piece about Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin attacked Jessica and she and Luke almost lost their unborn child. Luke Cage tracked Osborn down with Spider-Man's help and laid a beat down on him, leading to Osborn's arrest. Nice. They named their baby girl Danielle, named after his best friend Danny Rand, and got married shortly after the child's birth. Captain America recruited Luke into the Avengers and Luke sided with Cap during the Civil War event that split heroes among the decision of registering with the government. During this time, he sent Jessica and their daughter to Canada to stay safe, 
but they returned when Cap was believed to have been killed and Luke became the new leader of the Avengers. Together, they fought against the Skrull invasion of Earth and fought to rescue their daughter with the help of the Avengers when the Skrulls kidnapped her. Luke eventually left the new Avengers to raise his daughter in peace, though later he re-teamed with Iron Fist to restart the Heroes for Hire and also formed the new Defenders team alongside his wife Jessica, Iron Fist, and Daredevil. Powers-wise, Luke's primary enhancement from bursting super soldier process is his impervious skin. It's more durable than titanium steel, meaning anything short of like adamantium or omnium is not going to penetrate him. He is impervious to heat, electricity, and moderate impacts. His muscles and bones were also made incredibly dense, allowing him to lift around 50 tons. He can use the strength in his legs to run about 40 miles per hour and leap high in the air. He also had extensive hand-to-hand fight training with Iron Fist who taught him how to leverage his strength in combat with more powerful opponents like the Thing or the Hulk. So he's probably a better fighter than Thunder. He may be. She's received some training uh, from other members of the Outsiders team like Nightwing, but not much. She's more of like the team's medic because she went to, she got her pre-med degree, right? Uh Uh, But she could also do things like leap you know like the hulk and, and stuff like that so it's like part of her, her signature move one of her favorite moves is just to like land on her opponents and just create this massive shock wave oh really yeah that's pretty cool all right so let's uh, get into this speculation on how we think one of these 1000 simulations would actually go the rules that we set in place for these speculations are that the characters start about 50 yards apart from each other and they fight in a non-environment location, in a location where the environment does not play a factor because we don't factor the environment when it comes to the stats. Right. They also don't know anything about each other when when they're first teleported to this non-environment arena. Yeah. But they do know that each other is an enemy and that they need to do whatever it takes to defeat them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, 50 yards apart, non-environment, know that each other are threats. Who makes the first move? Thunder. All right. (laughs) She leaps high into the air. Oh, she's going to start off with that? Yeah. And then she comes crashing right down on him? Beside him? Well, I think Luke Cage is going to see her coming toward him. So he's going to try to catch her in midair. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. As as she's coming down, he catches her in his arms. Well, she's like, oh, he's about to catch me. Super density! She becomes even more dense. (laughs) And then, bam, she lands right on him. It just creates, like, an impact crater. So, yeah, him trying to catch her has no effect. Instead, it results in a Luke Cage-sized hole in the ground, likely. <laughs> he's probably pretty winded at this point, but he's not too hurt, I would think, because, you know, he's taken impacts from very strong opponents like the Hulk and Thing before. So, mm-hmm. at this point, he realizes what her power is. Super jumping. <laughs> probably well, density control. She's not getting off of him because she's super heavy, and she's just punching the shit out of him. Right in the face. Yeah? Well, he catches her fist midair as she's punching him one time and he just hurls her back away from him so that he can get out of the hole so he gets out of the okay. hole and then he leaps toward her although he can't like create a huge shockwave like she does yeah but he leaps toward her just to cover the distance between them after he throws her aside yeah because uh, he probably doesn't want to let up so he comes toward her with a fist and well as she sees him coming that's when she claps her hands so as he's like leaping through the air towards her he gets caught in the shockwave and gets flown backwards. I don't think he would be affected by the shockwave. He's too bulky. Uh, he's in the air. He would be affected. It's not like he's like planted on the ground. So like maybe it like lifts him a little bit higher in the air and he's like, whoa, I'm flying. He's, not, he's, he's not immune to like force, you know? That's true. It would push him back. 
Okay. Okay, so pretty much she just voids his momentum and he like lands back to where he probably jumped from. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but he could create shockwaves too when he claps his hands. I've seen him do it. Okay. Although, you know, it's not a, a typical power. It's more like a one-off type thing that I've seen him do before. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So what if he like tries to lead back toward her and so she claps at him and he creates a counter clap to counter her vibrations so that he still carries his momentum forward. Does that work? I don't know. (laughs) I don't think that does. Physics doesn't really apply right I think the forces just like reflect off of each other and like it pushes them both back. Oh, all right. (laughs) Okay, so you know, they're back and that's when she stomps the ground, creates like this fissure. Okay. And then like the ground opens up beneath him. Okay, so like he stumbles, but he like jumps to avoid the fissure in the ground. It creates this ground debris, one of them being a large boulder that he picks up and he just hurls it so fast that she doesn't even have time to react with a shockwave clap. Okay, so he hurls it at her and she just like braces for the impact and lets it break around her. Uh, <laughs> how is this? Okay, all right, so what does she do then? Then she, I'm starting to find out, you know, the inherent problem in this match <laughs> is that they're both basically invulnerable. Right. And then she leaps towards him again. Uh-huh. And then they just start fisticuffing. Okay. All right, yeah, so some hand-to-hand brawling. He punches her. Oh, wait, why did I do that? He's a better fighter, probably. Yeah. Yeah, so, assuming. so he, like, punches her, probably doesn't do much, but he, like, probably picks her up and then banes her, you know, just right on his knee. He like bangs her? Bane! Bane, like Batman and Robin, <laughs> you know, where, like, where Bane broke Batman's back on okay. his knee. So that's what he does. No, that doesn't work. That wouldn't hurt her. She's too heavy. As he's, like, lifting her above his head, she, like, gets extra dense. He was like, ah! <laughs> then has then to she, drop her? Yeah, he just, like, collapses to the ground with her on top of him. No, I think he just drops her. <laughs> No, 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 no. She's on top of him. Okay, so she pins him. Yeah. He's probably strong enough, though, to lift her off. Yeah, but, I mean, she could get heavier to the point where, like, it exceeds his lifting capability. She can get heavier than 50 tons? I mean, I don't know the exact number. He's going to bench her. So he's, like, pinned by her, <laughs> and then, like, a heavy stack of weights, he's just going to, like, toss her off behind him, and she's going to go boom and thud and land right behind him. At which point, he's going to grab her arm and do the arm bar move in uh, mixed martial arts, where they wrap their legs around the torso and then grab their arm and then break it. Hmm. That's the move he's going to do. Okay. So then she just increases her personal density, so they start, like, sinking into the ground. Big deal. And, like, she's pulling him down with her. Are we using the environment too much? No, any environment will have ground that they're fighting on, so it's fine. Okay. So yeah, they're getting pulled down. It's not like he's picking up a car or something and throwing it at her. Right, right, right. And then, so she's like squeezing into the ground and he's not going with her. What? That's so weird. No, well, he's still pulling on her arm. You know, she keeps doing that. You know what? He's just going to be like, I'm just going to break your arm then. So he breaks her arm. No! Yeah. Uh, Boom. Arm broken. Okay. And then he leaps out of that little hole that she created, and then he buries her with some of the debris that's lying around. How is she going to get out of that? Well, that's when she just bursts out and then, like, is in the air. How is she going to burst out? She doesn't have, like, flying ability. She's, she's no, but trapped in, in she a... She could jump. I don't know. <laughs> so she, she's in the air, and then she sees him, so then she stomps on the ground. She, when she lands, she creates this massive shockwave, which causes Luke Cage to, to trip and fall again. And then she comes for him, and then the same damn thing all over again. That's way too many moves. If anything, she leaps out, uh-huh. and he's waiting there right for her to punch her right in the face as she jumps out of the hole. She flies backwards onto the ground. And then he breaks his fist when he does that. I don't know. 
So he has a broken fist and she has a broken arm. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. Yeah, we've done pretty much every single thing that they could possibly do. <laughs> Power set wise, they don't have the widest range of abilities, but uh, they're, they're good, good at, at they do. they're good at defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's take it to the stats. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is going to be a close match. I already know. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be very close. They're very similar stat-wise. We think that Thunder can do probably more damage wise just because she can become as heavy as a mountain you know she drops on like a skyscraper that skyscraper is going down right Uh, luke cage is powerful in his own right but you know it'll take a lot longer for him to say take down a skyscraper (laughs) their evasive stats were just laughable uh not that they don't ever evade anything but for both of them their primary tactic is to just kind of take the damage because they can take it they're both tanks right they're both very similar right Yeah, she did have a slightly increased range than he did just because she's able to, you know, stomp the ground and create these shockwaves and stuff like that. these fissures, yeah. Uh, But he was a better fighter. Yeah, well, arguably, it could be said that he's a better fighter because he's had the training with Iron Fist and everything like that. She's had some training as well, but the data wasn't there to show that. Right. She definitely has the book smarts, but he sort of made up for that with, you know, his street smarts being able to, like, lead the Avengers and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh... As we said, very close, very similar in a lot of regards. And we went ahead and ran the thousand simulations. Bear in mind that the way we set this up, if we did our jobs correctly in choosing good uh, characters to pit against each other, it's going to be close. The win percentages are going to be fairly close. No character ever wins 100% of the matches. If we did, that means that we didn't do our job in picking a good match, and you probably would have seen that person winning a mile It was probably like Galactus versus, I don't know, Detective Chimp or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So let's go ahead and get the results of this duel. Uh, The winner of the Luke Cage versus Thunder matchup is... I know it's going to be close. Please let me win! It's Thunder. Yes! But it was literally a coin toss. She won 506 matches out of 1,000. It rarely ever gets closer than that. I think we've had matches that have come a little bit closer, but this is, this is you know, if I ran the simulation again, the 1,000 simulations, it could be that Luke Cage ends up winning. Wait, so what was the percentage? She won 506 matches out of 1,000 simulations. So 50.6% so of the time, Thunder beats Luke Cage. Wow, that's really close. According to what we just ran. Um, but, uh, I'm not gonna accept defeat because I already know that if I were to run this again, it's likely the case that Luke Cage would end up winning. Although that uh, has so never it, happened anytime it, you've ever done that. 
<laughs> That's true. So, I mean, it, it's a toss-up, but for the purposes of our, you know, record-keeping, we don't rerun the 1,000 simulations, and uh, this will go down in the books as a victory for Thunder over Luke Cage, which is horseshit. <laughs> I really wanted Luke Cage to win this one. I mean, like, who's Thunder, right? Luke motherfucking Cage! Just accept it. Just accept it. It's fine. It's okay. To- it's not okay. It's not okay. Luke Cage should have won this one uh, just by virtue of the fact that he's the more popular character. Like if we took stats for popularity, that would have pushed him over the edge in this. And really, the simulations should have known better than to let Thunder win. Yeah. What is this? The comic series from the 90s <laughs> where they get to vote? Where Wolverine beat Lobo? Horse shit. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that does it for this episode. If you enjoy listening to our duel matches and our reviews, go ahead and share us, either on social media or uh, with your friends in person if they're into the same sort of thing. And, and maybe if you don't know anyone you could share this with, consider writing us a review or you know leaving us a review. Oh, yeah. On iTunes or whatever platform that you listen to your podcasts on. That would be so great. You don't even know. It would be super helpful. <laughs> so you can go ahead and visit us on dynamicduel.com and there you'll find all the links to our social media accounts. Please uh, go ahead and follow us on there on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, specifically yeah. Instagram. I really like what well, we're doing with our Instagram because we put up the covers to every episode on our Instagram and we also do like fun things with Instagram stories on that as well. Yeah, Instagram is, is for graphics, but if, if you want to follow like just general news that's going on that, you know, things we may talk about during our episodes, follow us on Twitter. Yeah, definitely. And if you want to interact with us, I think a lot of the fan interaction is actually going on Facebook. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, follow us on all three. As much as I hate Facebook, that's uh, where majority of people just seem to be. Yeah, dynamicduel.com is the place to go for all of that. And also there, you can also find a link to our merch store where uh, Jonathan and I have designed several t-shirts that you can order from there. But it doesn't have to be t-shirts. Those graphics can also go on mugs or banners or stickers or anything else you pillows. want that they sell. Yeah, they sell pillows on there. But it's, I think, primarily a t-shirt store. It's on Public. So. Yeah, and you know, every week I put up the no prize illustration as one of the designs in there as well. So the our store is growing every week. Yeah, so be sure to check that out. So uh, I think that does it for this episode. In our next episode, as we mentioned earlier, we will be reviewing Luke Cage Season 2. Now, that show came out last Friday. I'm already about three episodes in. It's fantastic so far. It's much better than season one so far. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. I've uh, almost started. (laughs) We'll talk all about it in the next episode. So that gives you uh, about a week to to watch the show if you haven't yet. We could all binge it together. We'll all binge it together. Yeah. All right, guys. Up, up, and away. True believers.